When did you last Google your brand and have a good look at your search results page? Recently? Hmm? Well, in this episode, you're going to find out why you should and how to protect it and your brand reputation. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing-focused podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method. Could be email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month is all about SEO. So in today's episode, we're exploring an under-discussed part of SEO, which is using it to manage your online reputation and maximize your marketing impact. Yes, we're talking about taking control of the search results page, the SERPs, both removing any negative things from your brand search page and how to take over the page completely. We're just about to meet today's guest expert, but before we do, go check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with SEO expert Justin Seibert. Justin is the president of Direct Online Marketing, a top 200 premier Google partner who have clients around the world. Justin and his team have been helping clients with their SEO marketing for well over a decade. Hello, Justin. Chloe, it's awesome to be back. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to have you back. And this time, we're not talking Google ads, we're talking SEO. It's like a whole new world to explore. I know. I'm super excited. That's very cool to have you here, sir. Um, You are, as I said, we previously caught up about Google Ads, but you're also very into SEO. So how did you get into the organic side of Google? Yeah, great question. So how I got into digital marketing in general was back in 2001, and I was working for a company that, like all company sales, is really important, but it was a direct sales company, phone sales, and they did uh, no outbound calling at all. So they needed a lot of leads to come in. And I did some SEO back at this company, but to your point where we talk about Google Ads so much, really Google Ads for, for me at that time was the most important thing because it was immediate. We could track very easily. We could see the results. We could move spend up if we needed more. We could toggle it back if we need to be more conservative. Um, so that was where we saw a lot of success and, and where I spent the majority of my time. Moved in 2006 away from Los Angeles, and I moved to the other side of the United States, um, and I started uh, originally just looking for work. At that time, in 2006, um, as you remember, people still were trying to figure out, is Google real? Is digital marketing? What's this internet (laughs) thing? Is it really going to last? Which seems preposterous now. So I was looking around for work. I was taking side gigs uh, because there were a whole lot of opportunities and eventually turned into this agency. Well, at that time... To be able to offer to clients what they needed, I needed to learn more SEO and I needed to hire people that knew SEO and we needed to up our game from that 
uh, end as well. So really, it was just purely a, a functional thing that we needed to do to be able to survive and to be able to to continue to grow and, and take on more clients. A brilliant thing. Well, I'm going to have to learn about this because the customer wants to know about it, which is it's kind of like the life of a marketer, whether you're agency side or client side. It's a constant. What are they going to make me learn about this week? <laughs> <laughs> But um, but in a good way. It's always good to be challenged that way. That's very cool, Justin. Um, it's, it's it's interesting to learn new things about you. Um, okay, we're here to talk about a very odd area of SEO that often isn't classed as SEO at all, but which is heavily SEO, I think, um, and which I think more businesses should care about because I I find you know I used to be heavily into Google ads and the number of times Google ads people fail to look at the search results page of the keywords they're bidding on. And I think the same's about brands. We we forget to look at the... In, in prepping for this, I've looked at the search results page for both podcasts and my own name. And it was quite a surprise, some of the things I found. Um, so I'm as guilty as anyone else. But it's, it's the first thing our customer sees. Um, and that's part of online reputation management. I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it. So Justin, do you want to explain properly for the audience, please? What is online reputation management? Yeah, I, Chloe, I think you did an excellent job. It's how do we make sure that when people are checking us out online, that what they're finding reflects well upon us? Or what I would even say, not just reflects well on us, reflects accurately on us. Because one of the most refreshing things, sometimes we'll have a conversation with a prospect or a client about this, and sometimes they just want to, the non-refreshing part is when they just want to bury, you know, how can we just bury stuff? And you're looking at them and, you know, maybe they're doing some shady things that you don't, maybe they need to rethink what they're doing. But my favorite is when we talk with clients like, hey, this is a reflection on us. This is an opportunity for us to improve. And so that's the beautiful part when you can take this true feedback that you're getting on the web, look at how you can improve your own processes, and then make sure that that's being reflected on the web as well. And I, I just on that note, because I'm not up on Mount Pius, you know, preaching out to everybody else that I'm perfect or anything, just uh, last night we received a, a Glassdoor review about our interview process. And we have really, really good Glassdoor reviews generally overall. And this was a fine review. Um, and there was, I thought, a very fair accurate type of thing and then said, hey, but at the end of it, you know, I was supposed to hear back in two weeks and I didn't hear back in two weeks. Um, you know, and that was that was a letdown. And so we want to go investigate it. I certainly have no reason to believe this person was was is, is lying or anything else, but was there a miscommunication or did we just fall short? But how wonderful and how beautiful of an opportunity that somebody shared that back with us in a way that they would not have in any other case other than anonymously on the web for us to go, wow, maybe we screwed something up here. What can we do to make sure we're better in the future? So there's, there's a lot of different ways we can go about doing this. It's not just about going and buying some new domains and trying to get, you know, Chloe Thomas is really cool.com <laughs> and trying to get that to, to be one of the, the top 10 results on, on the page. Is it, There's a lot of, and it's not just about going, oh, I don't like that one. Let's see if they'll take it down. So how, how do you approach one of these projects? Yeah. So if it's okay, let me sidestep that answer and and get to something that I think uh, is a concept I want to drill down and then I'll answer that directly. Um, Please do, Justin, because you know an awful lot more about this than I do. So I'm very happy to be led by you. So, uh, so take us in the right direction. Well, no, I appreciate that, Chloe. And the main concept I want to get is that 
it's so important to build up those SERPs now before you have an issue. And that's what people miss out on so much. So when it comes that there's been a lawsuit, there's been a negative article, uh, one of your key executives was arrested, um, maybe somebody did say something uh, inflammatory and erroneous that, that you're dealing with, it's so much harder to do the work after the fact than to have it build up before. And a related point I want to get across for people to think through, because you might say, ah, and, and maybe you're a solopreneur and I'm perfect and I never do anything wrong. And, and so I don't have to worry about anything. There's all sorts of things that can happen either because people have uh, a bone to pick with you uh, and they do things that are not accurate in putting that information on the web or where it doesn't have anything to do with you at all. And I want to share very quickly my one of my favorite examples. It's a million years old, but it still applies today. So there was a woman named Lois Feldman. Do you, is that name ring a bell to you at all? Not to me, no. But I, I wouldn't expect it to. So Lois Feldman um, was a was was a woman in in uh, the northern part of the United States, and uh, she I'll give you the shortest version of it. Uh, she went out to a football game with her husband and uh, American football, sorry. Uh, and as they were in the stands, uh, and even before that, as people do, they're tailgating, had a few drinks, decided they're going to have a good time at the game. She ended up at the st- being caught in the stadium in the restrooms, having sex with somebody who wasn't her husband while her husband was sitting out in the stands. Crikey. Yeah. That's quite racy, that is. <laughs> right. So very tabloid-esque. Uh, mm. you know, we didn't have the sun, but at that time we had Deadspin, which was really growing in popularity. So it hit Deadspin, super salacious, all over the web. And my point is not to cast aspirations on this woman or anything else. My point is that there's more than one Lois Feldman in the world. And so there's a woman, Lois Feldman, that's a professional speaker. And that is the proprietor of LoisFeldman.com. And when this story came out, that's all you would see if you did a search on Lois Feldman. So this poor woman that, not related to the story whatsoever, was just, her whole SERPs were just covered with this information. And so how many people, this is the scary part to me, how many people didn't contact her for a speaking gig because they saw that, they assumed it was her. They decided morally or for whatever reason that they didn't want to have a part of that or they thought it might be bad publicity. And so how much money was taken out of her pocket that she doesn't even know that she lost? And so that happened um, over a decade ago. And if you still do a search for Lois Feldman today, number one result is her website. But the results after that are all about the story. So I would suggest that she should have done cleanup afterwards. I think I even reached out to her, never got a response, uh, at offering to do pro bono work. But because I've used, I've used the story so many times, I felt like I owed her. Uh, but <laughs> how much easier would it have been in the beginning if she had built it out and she had different sites, different profiles that were ranking up there? So that's the biggest thing is do the work now before you have an issue. Plus the thing is, it's it's not necessarily even a negative one because I mentioned I I googled myself before um, coming on here and historically my problem was a story about a dead baby in one of the UK newspapers came up as the second report, which is just really sad. I just yeah. don't want people having that emotion when they're looking for me. Um, but currently, 
and probably for a very long time to come, there is a a lady, a, a hugely talented film and TV director who's been BAFTA nominated called Chloe Thomas, who um, I have ChloeThomas.com, but she is fast taking over the search <laughs> page because quite rightly, more people are trying to find her than are trying to find me. Um, and I'm a fan of her work. You know, some of her stuff is brilliant. And then today, I, so I've known she's been around for a while. Now there is a journalist. So it used to be, you know, that info panel on the right was the, uh, the, the director with, are you looking for Chloe Thomas author, which is what they had me down as. Now it, I'm not even there. Oh. Now on the info panel, it is, um, uh, are you looking for journalist Chloe Lucy Thomas? There's now a journalist on the, on the up. And it's, you know, I'm still there. People, we're, we're, we're not all in marketing or e-commerce by any means. So I'm not too panicked about it. And it's not my major brand name, but often positive things can come onto the page and you want to, you want to deal with it. So, you, you know, it's not like we're all sitting here waiting for our name to be used badly for someone else, but, but positive things can happen that also d- detract from our, from our levels of interest as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, you bring up a really great point that it's a it's a two sided coin. That if you have a more common name, if you're Jim Smith, Jennifer Brown, mm. it allows you more anonymity. It makes it a little bit easier to hide, but it is harder to get and maintain when you want to be found in the SERPs. But if you have a name that's a little bit more uncommon, like Justin Seibert or some of these other things. I don't have anywhere to hide, right? So I, I mm-hmm. have to do my best to keep my nose clean as much as I'm capable of of doing so with my personality because it's going to show up. But it, it, it's like you say, you have to plan early. Um, the £250 I spent over a decade ago to buy ChloeThomas.com, which is an existing website that I've then put some content on. I mean, it's hugely neglected, but it's, it's up there in the first two results. And... If I hadn't have invested that money and that time all those years ago, now trying to be seen on that page, where even my, I don't think even my books on Amazon are ranking on that page. That's how difficult it's going to be. To, you know, there's IMDb pages and Wikipedia pages and stuff. Yeah. You know, I might not have a presence at all, which at least I do because I, I was worried, you know, I was investing in my brand early on. So, what can the listeners do? What should they be doing right now to protect themselves from the future appearance of, of, of a tabloid story not about them, uh, some hideous review, or even um, a very talented BAFTA film director? That's a great point. And, and I, I love what you did. And that's definitely the best when you can buy it and then and build it. I'd recommend to everybody that if your domain, I always prefer a .com, but there's so many different choices now at least squat onto a good domain with your name so that you have it and you can choose to do something with it uh, in the future or not. So like I own my own domain name, I'm just forwarding it uh, because right now we're, we're okay in the results. But if I need to deploy that in the future, I can. And if I really thought about it, yes, I should go ahead and build out a, a site for it. I just haven't taken the next step. The other thing that people really need to be doing is how can you own as many different profiles as possible? That, that are out there. And so that's your major social media profiles. But if, especially if we're talking about companies, what are some of the other places uh, like a Crunchbase or a Medium or a Quora? What are those types of places that you can get? And really, really important is being as consistent as possible with the naming. Uh, 
So just like, as you will know, Chloe, uh, with local SEO, how important it is to make sure you have NAP consistency, sorry, name, address, uh, a phone consistency, it's going to be really important that you do so from a reputation management standpoint as well. And Google Local, I guess, can be a way of getting a bit more exposure on that SERPs page as well if we have a physical location that we want people to come to. I'm a huge, huge fan of whatever review sites are, are there when we're talking about the business, right? And so Google Local, again, if you can do that, or and I know sometimes people work out of their home, they don't want to share that address, but if they have a PO box or if they're you know, doing some of those other things they can do to, to get a listing there, I'm a huge fan of starting there. So like, take my company, we have 80 or 90 different reviews online. And so we started on Google. Um, that was our primary place because people were searching for us either for one of our two locations. So we made sure we had a decent number of reviews on those sites. And then we, you know, you get your random ones on Facebook and Yelp and different places like that. For us in our industry, the next two places that matter the most are Clutch and G2. So we spent a lot of time uh, making sure that we got reviews on those sites, cultivating those reviews. So if there are those different review sites, it's going to differ depending on what the person's industry is, but owning as much of that and then going out there and getting people to leave reviews because as I think we all know, psychologically, when are people most likely to leave a review? When they're twerked off about something or you've screwed up, right? Number one, make sure you respond to those reviews and then again, reflect, are there things we could have done better and, and look at that. But we want to get the people that are leaving great reviews that are really happy with us. So you have to proactively reach out to them and you can select who are those people that we know that we're working with? Um, and when are they the happiest? And then that's the time that we can go ahead and, and reach out to, to get a review. So building those reviews up is incredibly important. What's interesting is I think um, people often think, oh, we'll find a way to remove that. But this isn't about removing. This is about diluting the bad with more good that either on the review site that's gonna, you know, gonna rank on that pay, that first SERPs page whatever you do, making sure that you're sending positive, happy customers there to give you a review to, to improve the scores and put the right content in there, but also trying to create positive domains on the internet where you're doing things. So you push the negative ones that you can't get rid of off the page, isn't it? This is all about adding, which is why it's so important to start sooner rather than later. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's very, very difficult to get things removed from Google. Mad props to the EU for uh, right to be forgotten. That was kind of the most major thing that's ever happened over at Google. But it's really hard to get stuff removed. So it is all about how do we build up those SERPs with positive or neutral things that we either control or we can influence because that's the way we're going to do it. Our goal is to not remove for the most part. It's just get it to removed off the first page. Several of the people in the EU, and I think we can still do this in the UK, but I'm not quite sure what impact Brexit had on this. Who knows, quite frankly. Let's not get out of the Brexit rabbit hole. But several of our, our, our listeners in the EU certainly have, their ears have just pricked up. Was this right to be forgotten? Hey, what, what? Uh, could you quickly explain that one for us, Justin? So it, there are ways, and, and by the way, I don't have these same rights that our friends in the EU have and that you formerly or still do, Chloe. So yeah. uh, I don't want to pretend that we're an expert about it, but um, you can actually submit to Google that if there are things that you don't want about you, there's um, information that you have to provide to them, 
but then they will actually remove uh, or they'll review and potentially remove those results from there. So if there is something that you don't want to be found when people are searching for you, um, there is a mechanism in place where you can reach out to Google for that. Yeah. So theoretically, Lewis Feldman, the person who was in the toilets doing things she shouldn't have been doing, she could theoretically apply to Google to have all those news stories about her removed from the Google search index. Theoretically. Theoretically, and had she been in the EU, um, yes. but in the United States, we don't have the same protections. No, it's uh, it's one of those entertaining outcomes of the, the European Parliament's war on big tech, which is a, a whole fascinating area of intrigue that we're not going to get into now. Um, so Justin, so everyone out there, whether they've got a problem or not with their SERP, SERPs page at the moment, they need to be building building these pieces. So what, what's the first thing they should be doing? Make sure your own site, anything that you control is completely optimized. Make sure all of your social media is optimized for your name, doing all the proper SEO that you, you would expect with link building and everything else. Um, but that's the easy stuff. So start there. If it's not an issue base or you're not dealing with, hey, I'm trying to respond to something that's already out there. Um, again, go to those sites like Crunchbase uh, or Quora start medium, start building those up as well. Because if you look at a site like Crunchbase, it's actually an aggregator and it's a feeder for other sites that are out there. So by getting your listing on that site, it's going to show up on other sites as well. So the more that you can do those types of things, you want to squat, you want to own. Um, and again, really, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but the more you can do on review sites, uh, the better and more it's going to build you up. For our 10th wedding anniversary, gosh, I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, my wife and I went to Istanbul and we were looking what to do. And so like a lot of people, you start Googling and you start going to TripAdvisor and some of these other sites. And the number one activity at the time on Istanbul was something called the other tour. So it was kind of this off the beaten path. A, few, a couple of brothers put something together. It was awesome. It was an amazing experience. Um, so at the end of the night, I just said, hey, you know, I do digital marketing. I'm just curious, how did you all do this? And they said, well, we offered American backpackers uh, free guides. They just had to pay for, you know, food that was bought or whatever. But we gave them free tours, went down to the hostels to talk with them. And all we asked in return was that they leave a TripAdvisor review. And so very, very quickly shot up to number one and showed up in Google results as part of that as well. And part of the reason I'm bringing this up is that they shot to the top. Well, they had a third brother and that third brother had uh, an interesting sense of humor. And so he thought, for example, that if you had a very religious American Baptist group come over for a tour, it was appropriate to make all sorts of religious jokes uh, that might offend the group. So very quickly after that, reviews started dropping and they were losing their ranking within that. And then they worked it back up from there. But my point is reputation management is never, woo, I'm done. I don't have to worry about this anymore. <laughs> it's a constant process you have to work on. Yeah. And if you're not good, then you're not you're going to get the uh, the rankings you deserve, aren't you? I yeah, think absolutely. Well, look, thank you, Justin. That's been a brilliant rundown. We are going to pause now for a mind of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of SEO. 
This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. It's top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online Online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Justin, so far we've gone very deep into online reputation management. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of SEO. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with SEO, which of course does include everything we've already been talking about. Justin, are you ready for these? I think so. Let's do it. Cool. Okay. Let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? I'm going to keep it in the frame of reputation management for for a minute here. And having that consistency, owning as many different social media profiles, as many different domains, and making sure the name is listed consistently, whether we're talking about a personal name or we're talking about a company's brand name as well. And I would highly highly recommend that people look at Glassdoor on the company side of things. There's this old site called searchenginerapbattle.com and silly plug, I bought it, not because I'm commercially using it. I just thought it was an awesome site that somebody let go. And at the time they had three, <laughs> they had Yahoo, MSN and Google personified having old school rap battles where they were taking each other down. It was the wackiest thing. I don't know who these geniuses were. The end line for MSN was when they're capping on Google, your search results, they search Wikipedia. And it was because Wikipedia at that time, especially was always the number one result it felt like for any search that you would do. A lot of that's happening with Glassdoor right now. So not even people looking for jobs or looking to become an employee of yours, they're gonna see that. So if they are seeing really negative reviews on there and that you have a bad culture, a lot of times it's going to make people think about whether they want to do business with you or not. So if you haven't checked out Glassdoor, do that, claim it, and work on, again, hopefully having a good culture, but then work on getting those reviews. Nice tip. Okay. Uh, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? So we talked about the consistency of names already. The big one is the review sites, uh, like we talked about. I want to figure out what's most important. Absolutely Google. And sometimes we get pushback, like, oh, we're not a local business. We deal with clients all over the world or all over the country. Great. It's a free resource. It's still a place where people can leave <laughs> reviews. Make sure you take advantage of that. And then when you're taking those reviews, make sure you're including them on your website. And then make sure you're marking them up with schema so that you can then get that 4.8 star rating that you work so hard for to show up in the SERPs for your company page as well. Just makes it stand out more, makes it uh, more likely you're going to get a click through on that. Nice. Like that one. Um, if someone listening wants to learn more about SEO, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? There's so many out there that are, that are so good these days. I, I'll give you an old school one that I, I still think Moz has tons and tons of good information on their website, um, even after the rebrand. So we, if we have somebody new, brand new, they haven't been in the industry before, that's kind of on our reading list that we have people check out. Nice. Uh, such such a good site. Um, finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? So 
kind of a cross between SEO and reputation management. Um, Reddit, whether you like it or don't like it as a site, um, is really becoming even more of a juggernaut. It's being used so much. And what you're finding is people are using Google to do searches, right? Like people are so easy of just talking to their phone. So you're going to start seeing more searches for your brand name and Reddit or for a topic and Reddit. So making sure that you're monitoring what people are doing and people love Reddit, those people that are ardent fans, because the moderators are so stringent, they really keep out companies from doing self-promotion and things like that. So make sure you're monitoring what's being said on Reddit about your brand. And then if appropriate, you know, you can take it to the next level of being transparent and responding when appropriate or, or talking through. Let me give you another perspective. Um, but whatever you do, do not try to sneak in there and just like act like you're a random person and you're a cheerleader for the company. You're going to get sniffed out. And more than likely, it's going to lead to bad exposure for you and going to be the complete opposite of what you were looking for. Unbelievably good advice. Um, Justin, we are very nearly at the end of the show. Could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business? Yeah. So check me out on on LinkedIn. Would love to connect with you, Justin Seibert, S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Um, and for the business, best place to go is directom.com. So the word direct, O is an online, M is in marketing, directom.com. Simple as that. Justin, it's been awesome catching up with you again and exploring such an interesting area of SEO where there's some really quick gains to be made, I feel. So, uh, so thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Chloe. So an intro there, or, or a full guide really, to an area of SEO you probably weren't aware of, uh, and that can be hugely important and beneficial for your business, and can be tackled in a multitude of different ways. You can get links to all that we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, important notes, and much more at keepoptimizing.com. There you can also sign up to our monthly Q&A webinar, because as part of my mission to help you improve your SEO, I've invited all our SEO specialists to join us for a live Q&A session. It's going to be your chance chance to get your questions answered, just go to keepoptimizing.com and you'll find out all the details. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed it, then do check out our other SEO episodes. Either scroll up your feed to episode 97 and 49 through 53, or you can head to keepoptimizing.com and go to the SEO topic page for everything we've ever done related to SEO please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing. Now, confession time, we're actually not doing a full month on SEO this time. We've got three episodes and then our last episode of the month is episode 100, where we'll be doing something a little special. For now though, have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.